0: The live series, powered by Amicus, with your host, Heather Storey. welcome to the live series podcast brought to you by Amicus Recruitment. This is the podcast that gives you insight into the life and role of tech leaders from all over the world. Today I'm joined by Sabine Kaiser, uh, Engineering Manager over at Choco. Sabine, welcome. It's really good to have you on. How are you doing?
1: Hi, good morning. Yeah, I'm good. I had a really relaxed morning. So
0: Perfect. Perfect. So, since you've had such a relaxed morning, why don't you tell us a little bit about um, kind of your role um, over at Choco and a little bit of background about about the organization itself, too?
1: Yes. Um, so, I joined Choco, which is a Berlin-based startup, um, about one and a half months ago, as an engineering manager for the product catalog team. So, what Choco does is the um, the company has this overall vision of really making the whole food um, business, food industry more efficient and more sustainable. So the supply chain, uh, the food supply chain is a a very complex and also intransparent and inefficient system right now. Um, so that you barely have any data, you, uh, there's lots of manual steps in between, which create a lot of, um, food waste in the end. So of course, also there's food waste on the consumer end, but most of it actually happens somewhere between producer and consumer. Um, so that is the overall vision. And, um, to get there, we really need to take like one step at a time. So what we do right now is we really looked at, um, the whole supply chain and so like, where can we solve a very specific problem um, for a certain user group to create a certain level of demand to then take this traction and apply it to um, other parts? And um, the problem that Choco sought out to solve is that um, the hospitality industry, which is like a, a big um, like at, at this one end of the supply chain, really a big factor. So restaurants and hotels, for example, um, lots of um, the people that work there actually spend a ton of time ordering food, talking to their suppliers, comparing prices, and this is not why they're there, right? So they really wanna um, yeah, create dishes, uh, serve food, whatever. They don't wanna spend hours on the phone or the fax machine even. Um, so TOCO provides a platform to really put all your orders there um, connect to your suppliers, uh, send messages to your suppliers, also then check your deliveries, etc. all on one platform. So that really saves them a ton of time. And um, by like tackling this one problem, we, we create then this demand as a like foundation to really um, then one step at a time, make the whole supply chain um, more transparent and ultimately also more efficient because then we will be able to really evaluate Demand and supply levels in the end, and um, yeah.
0: So yeah, that's what we
1: do exactly. And my role in the product catalog team. So this is basically a new team. We're currently we have all this data from the suppliers, what kind of products they offer, and now my task will be to really add a layer on top, and um, really look on a product on products more on a general level. So to really be able to measure demand and supply not only for a specific supplier but also overall, basically. So. Yeah. yeah,
0: it's super interesting. I know when we spoke a little bit before, um, um I was so uh kind of enticed by the, the whole concept of Choco. It kind of makes you wonder why it hasn't really been done um, yeah. before, really, because it, it, it so in, it, is it sort of would you say it's kind of a tech for good um, sort of uh, organisation? Because it sounds like it's very sustainable and it's going to be cutting down on on food waste as well, by the sounds of it, as well as kind of streamlining that that process so um, what what was it that kind of attracted you professionally or personally to this kind of um organization like do you have like a background in um sort of or or a passion in sustainability or just tell me a little bit about that
1: so my academic background is actually in environmental planning so during my bachelor's my master's program sustainability mitigating environmental impact etc always was like this huge topic then um when i kind of looked into the software industry and I felt like this I I really have this passion for engineering and for technical topics and I really wanted to work in this industry and at the same time it kind of felt like I would kind of betray those ideals that I pursued by studying environmental planning so when I then um, looked for job opportunities um, that was always a huge factor for me to really bring this together to have uh, to work in a technical field, but really having um, a mission that um, really makes um, the world in overall more sustainable. Usually, it's in a very in one part only, but I mean this is how it how it is, right? You can't change everything at once. So um, before Choco, I was. Um, um, in the mobility sector, really create, working on making um, like private mobility um, more sustainable by creating options to really um, yeah, pool people together. and then my last job was more on this like regional local development focus um, by providing better infrastructure for like people in more like um, um, rural, rural regions. so yeah. There has always been this this goal for me to um, to really um, provide um, like an impact basically um, yeah that's inspired that's
0: really cool um, I, I know you just mentioned there like your sort of um, it's like that your team's kind of new um, so you'll be looking to scale that presumably how are you gonna um, approach scaling the team at Choco? Do you kind of have. Um, Do you have an idea of kind of how how you as a leader want to approach that or does the sort of, um, does the rest of the organisation kind of, have they had a lot of input in that or have you got kind of quite a bit of freedom to sort of take your own approach as a leader?
1: Um, so, yeah, the team, we will, there'll be some people from Choco that, uh, or that are already working on topics that affect the team, but most of them we will need to hire. So that is my priority right now, really looking at who um, will join our team, who do we want to join our team. So um, at Choco, we have those like core values, basically, the team is really the most important one. So... Of course, it's great to have someone on board who is technically very proficient, has a certain level of excellence and experience. But what I'm really looking at is um, how do they value collaboration? What kind of team spirit do they bring? So when they talk about their former achievements, how much do, does like the teams aspect play a role there? Um, do they um, take into account that often as a team, you create better results than on your own? Um, um, so when yeah when so when we look for people, this is like the, the most important factor um, that, that I also am really um, looking looking out for um, so and the, the next thing is um, really what's like the, the general mindset and this is also what you that attracted me at Shoko when I was in my interview process and that that you still feel every day that you're here. Um, we really look out for people that bring on a certain uh, like intrinsic motivation, a growth mindset in a sense that um, they either actively seek to um, like develop themselves, or mm-hmm. at least are always open to for this, this challenge, right? So um, you really feel like people um, really want to want to progress themselves in a way right so this is something that we look out for because it's really something that you that you also feel in the team spirit in a way when whoever you work with at shoko you really feel like they bring in this this motivation they really take on those challenges and this ownership also um, and uh, so we we really put a value uh, on this um, quite a bit um, i what I think what this is often confused with and uh, is this topic of cultural fit. So mm-hmm. I really try to avoid um, uh, mi- mi- um, mixing up this this mindset topic with, um, does this person have similar hobbies? Do they have a similar background or something like this? Because this is really not what this is about, right? So of course, it's nice to have people on your team, but also like, I don't know, hiking or whatever. Yeah. But um, I really try to, to, to not put an emphasis on this so much in the interview process because it can create this weird bias that you don't want and then create very uniform teams um, that, um, um, that, that we don't really, that would mean you would exclude so many people because of this. And um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is really what I, that I, what I personally also try to avoid a lot in the process to bring in this bias basically.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because when when you say that, you know, I think cultural fit people do tend to to instantly assume that that means have similar hobbies, be interested in the same things outside of work, um, because that'll help the flow of the conversation in the office, presumably. But I yeah. suppose yeah, the reality of that is, from from kind of a a, a curator's perspective, that's kind of just going to create clicks and and. Yeah. It excludes almost potential um, sort of really successful members of the team, so it's a really good stance to take on it, to be honest. So, since we're talking about hiring processes, um, and I know when we spoke before, you said that you've got is it is it two two boys?
1: Is it two boys? Two? It is. Yeah.
0: So, what something that I've not really touched on before that I'm quite interested in in kind of um talking about is going through a hiring process in tech when you've got all these things, you've got tech specs sorry um, tech tests um, and, and the, generally we see a lot of different um, varied sort of hiring processes and, and some of them can be up to sort of five six even seven um, stages sometimes so what I'm quite interested in knowing Sabine is just would you tell me a little bit about your experiences in being hired in tech as a mum and and how or if it's affected um, kind of any, any well if it's affected your career in any way really or if it's if it's benefited it or just just give us a little bit of insight into that
1: yeah so yeah uh, as you said so I have two kids and they're two and five so it's still relatively small and at the same time five so the, the eldest is five so um, I've been in um, the industry now for seven years so most of the time I've actually also been a mom in the industry and um, and I think most of the time it's actually not a not a huge issue as long as you have a company that generally supports this in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes to hiring processes, um, or also in general, if the expectation is that you um, like take a lot of work um, on you for the process to to uh, progress in the process in your free time, it usually means I can't pursue this um, process anymore. Then I usually need to drop out, if there's a challenge in there, like a technical one that will take me like five evenings a week or something, then it's just, that is definitely not not feasible. Then it's just like an, a no for me. And um, in like in the hiring processes I had last, um, it, it's always been also for me this, do I put in my CV that I have kids so that the company just knows that if I want this or not. Um, I've usually left it out though for now to um kind of just assess myself if it's feasible or not. But yeah. like even even having to ask myself this question always felt weird, right? So that, mm-hmm. that it's that it could be such a like a blocker, maybe also for some companies that mm-hmm. you would leave this part out. Um even even though it does um, have like does affect your CV also in a way, right? So um yeah and um yeah that is like that this all has been has also impacted me as a hiring manager um so when we look at hiring processes i always bring in this perspective what do we expect from people like let's say you have five interviews in a process which i think is today especially for leadership roles relatively normal Mm -hmm. um but already means that people need to take those five interviews outside of the working house now if we add on top a challenge that takes them let's say five six seven hours um that is will just not be feasible for people that that don't just work but really have those additional responsibilities so uh, yeah i suppose
0: as well it's interesting isn't it because if companies like you were saying it it can act as a as a two-way street really If, if you're not convinced that a company is going to be flexible with you then it's it's kind of that, that excludes them for you as well, and it's not it's not necessarily always the other way around of, of you facing limitations being a mom. Um, very much yes, do, very how, much. How do you think companies should approach that, or is there anything that um sort of hiring leaders could do or hiring managers could do to to expose their sort of um flexibility or like just because because I want, what what would you want to see if you were sort of thinking about applying for a role at a company? Um, what sort of things would you want to see? Um, in order for for you to be convinced that they're going to be kind of flexible, or is it something that comes up during the hiring process, or is there, is there anything at the surface level? I that think shows up.
1: I think very often companies kind of go with a generic process, especially when it comes to like technical challenges. To and then. You you should really evaluate how much value do you get out of this task, right? What does it actually tell you about the the person? Does it tell you what you need to know to hire them? Mm-hmm. And um, and very often, like on this technical level, because because you also don't know like if someone really spent 12 hours on this or two, right? So because yeah. um, and this can. Um, so how much does it really tell you about the, the capabilities of a person? So, um, are there other ways to do this in maybe an interactive session to just look at the, at the, look at the code base, see how they evaluate this, how they would make changes to this, um, how they would approach this. So, um, so maybe you can get the same kind of information out of this, like as, as if you would give them a task and then they talk about that and, and you don't even know if what they tell you is what actually happened because you don't know how much time they actually spent on this and um, could spend on this. So. Yeah,
0: so less results driven, more kind of looking at the process of, of how someone's gonna go through that task instead of just seeing what what the result is instead. And yeah, and we- really
1: ask yourself, what is your goal of this and what do you want to assess in this stage of the process? Right. So mm. what and and what ways are there to make this assessment? And I think um, give, getting a code challenge and solving this at home is just one way to do this. So there are others out there.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. That's, well, I mean, it, it's a subject that comes up all the time in our office, you know, because we're talking about different hiring processes yeah. all the time. And and sometimes, yeah, you do get kind of someone who's going for maybe three, two or three roles and they've got kind of, th- that means they've got three sort of four or five hour tech tests to do. Exactly. That, yeah. And they've got like kind of a week to do it So, you know, they're kind of rushing to get the results um, and, and not going through a process that they would necessarily do if they were actually in the role whatsoever because they're just trying to get the job done just yep. to get rest to the next stage so it is an interesting topic actually and it's something that um that I think is is probably going to co- come up more and more as people are valuing their um the free time a little bit more and the work-life balance is, yep. is shifting a little bit so um so with with that in mind then how, how do you stay motivated um do, do you do you ever kind of get drops in motivation or anything when you're at work or because I know you've kind of it must be quite full-on for you at the moment with with having a small team at the moment that that is in the midst of growing do you do do you get kind of, um, I don't really know how to phrase it, but do you get like kind of drops in motivation, or is there kind of any days where you sort of think I just I'm just not just not feeling it today? Like, is there how do you kind of like keep pushing through that?
1: It's actually a topic that I just had um, because it's true, and usually as a manager you have just this full calendar and you're. Uh, overwhelmed with all the tasks that you have, and right now I just joined. So the first weeks were basically onboarding, getting to know everything. Now um, I'm at the stage where I'm okay. I'm. I feel like I, I. have a good overview on what we do, how we do it, um, who does what. Um, but at the same time, the team is not yet there to really take uh, take off and to really take over tasks. So um, that means for me now really um asking for initiatives ongoing ones that i can contribute them uh, to finding those out myself but it's not easy every day that is true um so uh, how do i do this i usually kind of just there are tasks that i that i definitely have that are just there but um i can like hiring is my biggest priority right now and we work with hiring pools so we look for positions and then see to which team do do that person does that person fit so um what i'm currently doing is just really taking part in more of those hiring processes and um and by this also taking like some work of the other um people that that have more tasks right now right so Mm -hmm. and um that is like the the biggest priority right now. At the same time, we have a lot of um, ongoing initiatives in the technical field and um, are currently kind of working on how to streamline the processes around this. So I'm looking into this, so it really helps me get a better understanding of the technical setup of the whole organization. And at the same time, driving forward those initiatives um, that ultimately pay into the, like the yearly goals of the company. So, Uh, yeah that is what I what I actively do and where I really try to connect with the with the program managers and um, the other engineering managers um to also build those relationships in the end right so yeah it it does sound very
0: full-on like and so I imagine it's pretty easy to feel motivated when you've got so much to kind of look forward to and and you've got the bigger picture on things as well now so that's exciting like I I, I kind of I, I quite like um I think when I first started at Amicus as well, like that that kind of initial excitement of starting a new job and then you kind of feel like you kind of have a little breakthrough of finally, mm-hmm. right? I actually, I've got my feet under the table a little bit now. I feel like I can start to move forward with things and you get that, that is a, a, a super kind of motivated time, isn't it? Um, yeah. So so when, <clears throat> let's just divert a little bit. When, when you're sort of, when you hypothetically, when you've got your team in the future, um and you we talked about cultures and, and kind of keeping the balance um in between those cultures and and you you know you made a really good point of saying that it's it's not about the individuals it's about kind of making them blend professionally um so how kind of are you would you how would you approach kind of um not necessarily conflict far from me if anything but more sort of how how are you going to make sure that people are heard i, I think it was it was a subject that um, we spoke about in our office recently of, of how do you kind of um, make sure that people are bringing their ideas forward? How do you, because I know that especially sort of in tech and developers, some people can be quite extroverted, but a lot of the time um, some some team members can tend to be a little bit more introverted and kind of like to go into their own space and put the headphones on or whatever and they'll just kind of do their own thing. So um, how, how is it as a leader, like how how, how would you approach making sure that everybody is equally kind of heard within the team and is contributing equally within the team. And, um, and yeah, is that, is that a priority for you as well as a leader?
1: Um, Yeah, it's definitely a priority because I do think this is, it's really necessary for uh, like a healthy, robust team to be able to address problems that they have, Mm -hmm. not only like on like uh, on this, like uh, when we like uh, like in the lunch break maybe, but also in uh, like uh, for example, a retrospective or something so i've I've seen it happen a lot that retrospective were done very superficially right so you some problems were um, were brought up, but really the deep ones weren't tackled and um, so one factor that's important is kind of a sustainable growth for the team right so really if you add too fast too many people, um it's you, you can't really create this this connection between the team members mm. I I do see that I as a manager I like, am the first one really to create first of all this like connection between me and this uh, the people themselves so that we really um uh, create this uh, understanding like this mutual understanding that we know what what do I expect of them what do they expect of me um Really uh, have have um, regular talks um, um, that are not so much status driven. So like, what have you been doing? What are you doing now? Um, but really look more into what keeps you like this. The question you just asked: right? What keeps you motivated? What blocks you right now? Um, how can I unblock you? Um, and then by by understanding better um, my, how everyone likes to work what how what everyone's kind of preferences and communication styles are then um because because it can be that you just have very strong communicators on the team and i think it's a relatively easy one because they will usually bring up the topics by themselves but if you have this mix of more introverted people um people that are maybe a bit intimidated maybe very new to the industry then i feel like it it often makes a huge impact if you if you change certain patterns, so maybe you have those uh, like your rituals always in the same way, um, really see how can we uh, change this in a way that, that makes it easier for others to talk. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I then really look on a, like a situation based um, approach um, for the ones, maybe if, maybe you don't have an issue with standups, but maybe you have an issue with retrospectives or plannings. Um, how can you shake this up something i've done in the past that was also very interesting is we did like a personal goals and values workshop in okay. a way so we were um, um the people already knew themselves a bit but there were also new people on the team um so it followed um an approach i don't no longer have it in mind but where you kind of uh, picked like what are your personal values what is uh, most important to you on a mm-hmm. professional side, do you kind of know where you want to go? Do you have goals? And um, and then kind of just talk about this in the team. And um, it was really good uh, to really, it was also surprising in some ways, um, but it really helped people to, to connect and to understand each other better. So um, that, yeah, that was um, one thing. And then what we do also is we try to, uh, what we uh, what I've done in the past, we try to find team events that take into account different preferences, right? So, um, so maybe karaoke is not something that you would do with a team full of introverts, right? But um, there are so many other things, and and it often brought really brought the people together in a in a good way. Um, so of course, now during COVID times, it wasn't possible so much. Um, so it was really kind of I really felt this it made it a lot harder to to create this like baseline, this um, foundation for yeah. for a good team. And i um, still looking to, how can you um, make those hybrid approaches with some people being remote, some people maybe being in the office work uh, so that you still create this team feeling. That's actually one of the biggest challenges I see right now, as um, especially. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think those are the, the major points. Yeah that's I mean
0: it is interesting and and covid always comes up kind of in I think probably every episode because it it, it, yeah. it is so I mean we don't need to go into the impact that it's had but it's more create the, the thing that always comes up is creating the balance between teams when half of the team um are working kind of remotely like yeah. um and it, it, you know how and how is that something that you are planning on on of attacking when you've when you've kind of grown your team is are you gonna what's what's choco's kind of approach to it are you going to have kind of a bit of a hybrid model are you gonna uh, what's what's kind of the the plan of action with that
1: it's actually the biggest topic right now because hiring um just hiring locally is is not really um sufficient right now in the industry at least in berlin um so we have offices globally basically so especially in europe but also in the us and um, so we are already like the general setup is in in a hybrid way because of course you also need to include the other teams in the other offices Mm -hmm. Um, most of the engineering organization is in berlin is berlin based though and now we're currently looking at um, how can we um, how can we grow the hiring pool uh, provide flexibility, but also make sure that people connect on this personal basis. And um, so far, uh, being in the office always plays, played a big role in this, and it probably will also in the future. So we need to find a good way um, that uh, to, to enable people to, to come here um, um, while still get having this feeling of flexibility and also being able to hire like, outside of berlin basically so i myself don't live in berlin i commute twice a week to the office um, by train which works um, pretty well also for like for, for me for for choco um, but yeah this is actually like an ongoing discussion right now so yeah um, we are also like looking at how do other companies solve this um, because we really want to uh maintain this this team feeling which which Mm. we have also with all the other connected teams but um for me um seeing my team members a few times a month at least always really creates creates a very uh, different feeling than just being remote so um, yeah 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 it it is interesting
0: to see how different companies approach it and i suppose i suppose industry does play a part a little bit but at the same time I think everybody kind of wants the same thing and that work life balance like we mentioned earlier is is so yep. it's so pivotal now in making a role look attractive to potential candidates and and it's something that everybody's kind of looking for so it is super important um so I'll be excited to see how that pans out for Chaco. Um so what sort of I'm just going to sort of um round it off really with a, with a question that um I sort of ask everybody really but um what sort of um, advice would you have Um,
1: for kind of people aspiring to be in a similar position to you? So um, so I'm currently an engineering manager at um, the team, which means I'm responsible for setting the team goals to the people management and also representing the team towards the company and vice versa, representing the company goals towards the team. And I think the first question should be, is is this what you want? So do you really want to pursue this management path? And um, if you do, um, I feel like there's lots of opportunities just to kind of try it out, um, step in when some- condominium medication or parental leave and be like hey i want to see if it's for me because especially in engineering i feel like many people after a while say it's actually not for me i missed the technical contribution i really want to go to more technical track so if you're not sure um, if there's often opportunities to try it out hopefully you have a manager on your own to bring this up Mm -hmm. um if you don't if your company is not set up this way um it's I do think it's possible to kind of take on over those responsibility and kind of just really grow into this role if it does not exist in your career plan. Um, if you don't come from engineering, I've often seen that companies looking for engineering managers and not asking for a technical background, which I find very interesting. Um, I, so you don't need to come from like a hands-on career path to, to get into this role. Still, you do, it, I, I would say, do uh, require um, a certain like, technical understanding and uh, knowledge of the industry. So that would be something. This mix out of communication skills and people skills, but also knowing how software development works. You don't need to be necessarily be a programmer to um, become an engineering manager, but you should have an understanding of what the like the uh, how the industry works, what the biggest um, um, topics are there right now and how like the software development process looks like. So then you can get into this role without having ever, ever written any code. Um, which yeah. I also found very, very interesting when I looked at um at jobs um lately. So yeah.
0: Yeah, I think I think so so taking an interest essentially in, you know, even if you have never written code taking an interest in, in kind of because essentially it's, it's your team are going to want to feel some sort of you need some kind of bridge right into into what yeah. they're doing every day and and yeah like you said being if you're going to be hands-on you're going to need a little bit of a little bit of something um well listen Sabine it's been absolutely amazing having you on um I feel like we could have just carried on talking about various things yeah. but um maybe we'll get you on again in the future. Um, and if you're uh, watching on YouTube, you can hover over the logo in the corner and hit subscribe. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and TikTok for updates. Head to our website, amicusjobs.com, for tech news, webinars, blogs, and keep up to date on all the latest Python, Golang, and JavaScript roles around the globe. Sabine, thanks again so much. Uh, it's been really insightful. Thanks so much for coming on.
1: Thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you. All right. Take care. You too.